We're, we're gonna have to film the rest of this preview video standing up. I'm telling you, this game has got me hyped. Woo! This game, this is a, this, this game right here. I don't, I can't sit down right now. This game right here is, is the game. I'm telling you, overhyped versus disrespected. Since we are loyal sons. Hello and welcome to another Her Little Sons podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me MD Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to us over on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean, and of course, we are always over at our home at HerLittleSons.com. Come join us in Discord. That's our live chat channel, HerLittleSons.com slash Discord, and email the show, podcast at HerLittleSons.com. With that said, I am very happy to welcome Shane back. Shane, how you doing? We missed you, man. Hey, I'm back. Everything's great. You're all welcome. Hi. <laughs> the show is now listenable again. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know because I didn't have time to hear any of them. Yeah, I, 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 I don't blame you. I know things are real crazy on your end. Glad to have you back because, man, there's there's just a little bit going on this, this weekend in terms of college football. <laughs> a wee bit. Um nothing nah you know nothing too uh, noteworthy except for the fact that every t- every game that matters ever is being played this weekend yeah and talk about your expanded playoff it's it's all freaking happening this weekend it's going to be yeah. awesome i i cannot wait for it to go down and and heck it, it even may start a little bit early but before we get into all that uh, a couple of notes uh First, uh, we mentioned Tim Priester. He had a heart attack. Uh, they they mentioned on the Irish Illustrated podcast uh, he had surgery. Uh, he is recovering. So uh, I guess all things considered, good. So uh, speedy recovery there, uh, Tim. Hopefully you get back soon because that was a very, very rough thing to hear about uh, last week. Uh, so just, just get well soon, man. Thoughts and prayers out to you. Just keep recovering, and, and hopefully those doctors take good care of you over there. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Just happy to hear that he's he's in recovery and he's doing better. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing to mention, uh, it's and I'm gonna keep mentioning this probably every week, maybe every episode, just to keep reminding you that extra life is coming up. Uh, we're now within a month for it to happen, and while I was traveling. Uh, one thing I was doing was working on my donation incentives, uh, different milestone and stretch goals for what's going to happen, uh, and also booking some guests, going to be pre-recording some stuff. It's going to be a good time. I'm getting ridiculously excited, so keep an eye out on all your social media feeds for some updates because they are going to be coming, and man, I, I really hope we can pull a- off a lot of money there for the Children's Miracle Network in uh, honor of Avon. I'm-, I'm very, very excited for it, Shane. Yeah, no, very, very nice. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who you can bring on, um, how you, how you guys perform in terms of, you know, generating donations, but also how you actually play. That, that'll be fun to see. Yeah, especially because one thing I will say, uh, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag a little bit. 
Uh, if there are, so uh, heck, you can already do donations. Go to herlittlesons.com slash extra life as long as we're talking about it. You can either join our team or you can donate and uh, you can see the roster right now. It's a roster of one, so feel free to expand that if you will but you can click on my page and donate directly to it and one of the things i'm doing is um because we all love that 37 dollars donation shane the the hell yes the, forever the, the, the remember the six fuck michigan memorial donation uh anything that happens within that donation fund there have already been a couple anything that hits that tier i'm gonna get a um something bad's gonna happen to me to where you're gonna have oh. You're going to ban a certain use of an in-game function for me. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yes. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Basically, um, do, I, do I, I get to use the function. Uh, no, it's going to be random. And the only reason I'm making it random is so we can just keep things rolling. And I'm saying for malicious fucks like me, that would have like, oh, you can't use the up direction. Good luck. <laughs> no, 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 it's not, nothing that bad. <laughs> However, um, you know, if, if we're already going off the rails, but uh, I basically said it's like you can ban anything like item functions except the use for a Phoenix down, which in Final Fantasy is the thing that keeps you alive and stops the game over. However, if you do a $100 donation, I am allowing that item to be banned. <laughs> so <laughs> there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. There's even donation tiers to uh, customize the attire for the characters on screen, customize the car to make it look as cool or as ugly as humanly possible. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'll keep, we'll, we'll keep telling things, uh, as time gets closer, but it's going to be a lot of fun. You can probably tell I'm really excited about that. But other thing I'm excited for Shane football, cause man, it's, this yeah. weekend, but before we get into that, uh, those, the college football playoff rankings, uh, they, they released another one. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, so Shane, we were talking pre-show, you have some thoughts, you know, not much change in the top four, but you still have some thoughts about said top yeah. four. Oh. <clears throat> My, my number one thought is my number four team here, apparently, uh, Clemson. So I have a really, really hard time at this point reconciling what separates Clemson or gives them the number four spot over, I don't know, someone like Oklahoma. I understand that Oklahoma, you know, had a relatively, I don't know, embarrassing loss, but I mean, they're not the only one at this point uh, to Iowa State, but you know, in terms of their body of work, so Clemson's uh, noteworthy victories over 13 Auburn, 14 to six over number 12 at the time, Virginia Tech, 31 to seven over Wake Forest, a, a, a measly 28 to 14 uh, and Georgia Tech. They, they beat only 24 to 10 NC State. They only beat by seven and they lost to Syracuse, Syracuse. OK, an unranked Syracuse team, a, a, a Syracuse team that really doesn't have much to stand on because they're at four and three right now and two and one in conference. How is Clemson number four over Oklahoma right now? Oklahoma lost to an Iowa State team that then went on to beat a top five TCU team and earned their spot in the top 25 right now, um, is playing lights out defense. Uh, and then Oklahoma has basically just set everyone else on fire that they've played. So I, I, I just, I already don't get it. You know, <laughs> I know that this is their, this, like, they're supposed to be the 13 members of the, uh, of the committee are supposed to be like really good at this. I just feel like this one doesn't add up. Um, I don't, I don't see what's what's going on there. Well, like I've said, Shane, and, and I try to warn you back when this started, it's, it's don't focus on the loss, focus on, on the wins. Cause you listed off the, the quality wins for Clemson. And at least as of right now, they have just a, a maybe one, maybe two more over Oklahoma. 
Now, that is set to radically change this week yeah. since they have a top 10 matchup of their own. But that's that's what it is. Is The losses, it's like they only numerically come into play right now. And then it's it's not until like the very end where I honestly think they start taking stuff like that seriously. Or yeah. Even then, it gets ignored because just look at your last national champions. Every single one of them damn near had a terrible loss somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I suppose, and, and I guess that that puts me in a position of, of pot calling kettle black because you know Notre Dame's got their one loss, right? It's it's to an it's to literally the number one team, mind you, um, but the loss doesn't necessarily put them in. Well, they only lost to the number one team by one point. They should be number two. No, Alabama's number two. Um, I tell you what, just, I I got a little bit of beef with that. I I think <laughs> I think uh, Alabama can make has a case. Like, how many quality wins? It, one right now, LSU, and they could have two. Yeah, so. Um, uh, yeah, generous. Hey, they're still they're still right there hanging on the edge, which is is weird. But this season has been weird. But you know, basically, it's it's because Alabama is Alabama, and they are undefeated. I really think that's all that is. Because mm-hmm. man, if you're Wisconsin, you're sitting here like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Wisconsin bitch. Who have you played? <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem. And that's why I wrote about uh, on her loyal sons that. You know, this is where independence can be king because everything's hitting for Notre Dame right now. Uh, you got four potential teams that Notre Dame has played that could end up in their conference championship. You got Georgia, you got Michigan State, you have Miami, who all looks like but they punched their ticket uh, unless they absolutely collapse. And, and so, and you also got a USC now looking like they could make it into the Pac-12. So. Mm. That's just something no other team can match because they're literally stuck playing everybody else in their conference. And it's either you or maybe if you're lucky and you play somebody in the opposite division and you get to play each other there. You don't get that nice wide spread. And that's where Wisconsin's getting screwed right now because they have to play the weaker division. And everybody's just expecting them to get curb stomped if they actually make it through uh, undefeated into the Big Ten Championship. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at their their close wins, not that they're necessarily an indication of anything, but like they didn't run away from Illinois, an Illinois team that is hot garbage. Um, they, they they were played close by old Kiffykins at FAU. Um, they Northwestern kept them close. I mean, I know I understand Northwestern is playing better right now and they're in the top 25. That Purdue game was hideous. Um, Wisconsin was supposed to waltz through this schedule. And, you know, and they have, they, they have, they're, they're, they are undefeated. But the reality is, is like when you look at what the schedule really, really like represents, the only real opportunity they have to, to get some credibility here is this week against Iowa. Because frankly, even Michigan sucks ass. So uh, <laughs> I understand you want to get that undefeated regular season, but you're no longer in the computer BCS era where, you know, math and, algorithms do it all for you 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 now have to pass multiple eye tests and frankly yeah this is not uh, not going to cut it i don't think yeah uh the only other thing that maybe is head scratching uh and i guess it's to be expected since they're group of five that's ucf uh, i think they could be bumped up just a little bit higher not that i expect them to be you know sniffing around top 10 or anything but i mean they just seem uh, to, to be held it's down as far down as the playoff committee want to hold them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we, we saw something similar with Western Michigan, you know. Very um, true. Um, the, the, the first ranking is never kind um, because you have to recognize no matter how badass they look, no matter how much devastation they're wreaking upon their opponents, 
their opponents still into include the likes of FIU, Maine, and Austin PA. Like, come on. I mean, <laughs> those three teams alone make up like one side of a regular FBS team, you know? Um <laughs> oh, so, man, that's harsh. <laughs> dude, they suck. They're terrible. Um so you know, I understand they beat the tar off of Memphis, and they they you know they took it to Navy, uh, but they don't have a single ranked opponent. Uh, they their their Georgia Tech game got canceled. That would have been a, a very good quality win, I think. Um, so even though they're scoring on average something to the point to the tune of over you know forty points almost, um, they're not doing themselves any favors because their their opponents are trash. So I get it. I I understand eighteen, no problem. Um, let let the rest shake itself out because every, you know teams in front of them will drop a game or two, uh, and so long as they do what they're supposed to do, if they finish the season undefeated, uh, they'll. I mean, a they'll definitely get into the New Year's Six, but b there's a there's a strong chance that they could jump up. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of letting everything shake out in front of them, how about we get to all that shaking out? Because holy hell, I can't remember a week that had this many top twenty five on top twenty five violence and top ten on top ten violence for that matter. This, oh, yeah. this is going to be something else this week. So just like last week, folks, we're going to start with uh, the games that are probably most important for scoreboard watching in terms of MDs, you know, direct playoffs. So mostly the people that they played, uh, yeah. even though some of these other national games to note that we will cover probably will have just as much of an effect. Um, we're we're going to focus at least on the resume and I tell you what, it starts Friday night. So if you're listening to this podcast on time, you're a loyal listener, loyal subscriber, you're listening to this on a Friday. If you want to stay up late at night at 1030 Eastern and flip over to FS1, you will see number nine Washington taking on Stanford. And Stanford has a chance to not only completely make sure the Pac-12 doesn't go anywhere in the playoff <laughs> rankings, but actually get back into the top 25 with an upset here. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the game that will essentially, I think, put it, it has the highest potential to put the nail in the coffin for, for the conference in terms of their playoff hopes. Washington is basically it at this point. I understand Southern Cal is just two spots behind at 11. No, sorry, pass. Um, but the most interesting thing to me about this, this game is, A, Washington's defense has not stopped. It has not changed. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure anyone has been paying attention because no one ever watches their games. Apparently, Chris Peterson has a couple of uh, D'Antonio disrespect comments to make there about that. <laughs> um, but their defense is insane. They are still incredibly, incredibly fast and incredibly sound on defense. It's basically just one of those, one of those opportunities to see what Bryce Love is really made of. I know this, this, there's still the Heisman discussion, and I really don't care much about that. But if Bryce Love is the offense that Stanford has, he, I'm sorry, you know Washington is going to be keying in on that. Um, so you have a chance here to see if if Bryce Love can really carry a team or if the reality is that, you know, Stanford is basically just a one-dimensional fraud and Washington will, will, will probably make quick work of them. I'm not really sure if I'm, if I'm leaning in one direction or another uh, just because it's the Pac-12 and you never know what, what happens when things are after dark, but uh, even on a Friday, especially on a Friday, rather. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting opportunity just to see what, what both teams can do uh, when they have... Uh, I guess they get they both have their own kinds of stakes, if you will. Yeah, they do. And and like you said, Friday night and for Washington, this is on the road. This is at Stanford. Typically, those don't end well for any hopeful up in the top 10, stuffing around the top five. It, it just has a feel like those go haywire. Uh, 
honestly, I, I really don't know what to think of Washington because the game they played against Arizona State where they lost, they just looked absolutely atrocious. Yep. And and Stanford has not looked good themselves the past couple of weeks. One of those was because Bryce Love was absent. The other one of those was, well, they just looked bad and Bryce Love didn't do a damn thing. And as far as Heisman talk, it, it almost feels like both him and Shaquan Barkley have kind of, you know, run themselves out of the conversation. And, and the reason Josh Adams is still in it right now is because even though he had a bad game, everybody knows he was basically out with some kind of injury, sickness, illness, what have you. He didn't really play. So it's basically, as far as that goes, Baker Mayfield, Josh Adams, and who else the hell knows at this point. But yeah, I'm very yeah. interested to see what happens here because that's, that's one hell of a way to kick off a weekend. And, you know, this is the one time I will actually cheer for Shaw. I actually want to see this happen because – as a Notre Dame fan, I want right. as many positive ticks on that resume as possible, even if it is a borderline top 25 like Stanford. Yeah, I, I think we reserve the right to be greedy at this point. Fuck it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of getting greedy, how would it be if Michigan State wins at the horseshoe against number th number 12 against number 13 in this one? Uh, Michigan State makes the largest jump in college football playoff polls in the in the history since it's uh, this very very long storied history of the past <laughs> few years. <laughs> so they jump all the way up to twelve. If they manage to do the unthinkable at noon over on Fox and beat Ohio State, not only would that cement them as probably a top ten team, but then they'd be in the driver's seat for the Big Ten Conference title. Yep, wow. it's almost like. It's almost like when Tommy Reese is any way involved with the Notre Dame offense, it's it's that time that they happen to slap the shit out of Michigan State, and then Michigan State does good shit. Remember, ten, what was it, thirteen and one? Yeah, remember that, remember that year? Yeah, yeah, and that that was when I was very very duped by Iowa and thought, man, <laughs> they beat Michigan State, and I made a very dumb bet with Eddie. And that bet was basically cashed in by Eddie after the first quarter in <laughs> the Rose Bowl. Got him. <laughs> I, re I remember that all too well. <laughs> oh, you got got. Look, uh, I, I one, 12 spots. I mean, I, I understand that the rest of the conference shit its pants, you know, especially Ohio State and Penn State. They Well, Michigan State did work against Penn State. But Ohio State shit the bed. Penn State shit the bed. Um, Virginia Tech dropped, uh, Oklahoma State dropped, Mississippi State dropped, Washington State dropped, um, but 12 spots? I mean, insane. this is as fraudulent a 12 versus 13 I feel like I've seen. I, I understand that Michigan State remains 7-2, and two, and I understand that their defense ranks you know, highly in the nation and all that, whatever the hell, but I, ugh, it kind of feels like you know, if 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 an Urban Meyer team is ever going to be out for absolute vengeance and demolition, it's after the first time he has ever had a team score 55 points on him. And I feel like this is probably not going to go very well for Michigan State. Well, well, on the other side of the coin, if Iowa, Iowa can put a 50 burger on you. Uh, Michigan State's got a better offense than Iowa. I mean, uh, this could get very interesting very, very quickly. And. Man, this this the Big Ten has been along with the Pac-12. I swear, just one of the dumbest conferences overall. Of just like, wait, what the fuck happened? Seriously? <laughs> yeah, that no, seriously. When it was when it was getting to like 30, 35 to whatever, like to ten, I was already like, huh. Well, <laughs> and when they throw a pass to their snapper on a fake punt, <laughs> dude, dude, probably the greatest, like one of the best uh, special teams plays I've ever seen. Um. 
But then when it got to like in the 40s, I was like, oh, oh, Jesus. And then I just turned it off and was like, oh, well, you know, Ohio State will lose 45 to 28 or whatever, and it'll be fine. And then I turned around and it was, oh, my God, they scored 55 points. <laughs> Again, the first time Urban Meyer has ever allowed that as a head coach anywhere. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I get the sense that they'll be uh, out for blood. Yeah, well, well, we'll see what happens in that one. Um, uh, quickly, we're, we're kind of going in order of time. So also in the noon slot, this will either be on ABC or ESPN2, depending on your region. Uh, number 23, North Carolina State, still holding on to a top 25 ranking despite their loss to Clemson. Uh, they will face another Notre Dame opponent, Boston College. So Boston College with four losses here, NC State with three. So you would have to think if Boston College somehow pulled the upset off in this one, it would knock NC State out of the rankings, but I don't know how much harm that would do to Notre Dame because honestly, I don't know what the committee would see between a number, you know, barely top 25 team and teams that have four losses that just seem to be nipping around the bottom there, which both these teams would seem to qualify if they ended up in that situation. What do you feel about that one, Shane? Um, I kind of feel like it's a, it's a, a situation that really Notre Dame can't really lose regardless. Um, Boston College has has come on in the past couple of weeks. NC State has lost two close games to two very, well, not two close games, but two games to two very good um, teams in back-to-back weeks. Um, so I, I don't think that anything that really happens in this game is going to do much to tip the scales in terms of the quality uh, for how that reflects on Notre Dame's schedule. You know, um, NC State, you know, they have that one weird loss to South Carolina in week one, which I think, like you said before, the, the losses aren't really the big deal then you look to the wins that loss is not really done a lot of favors. If you look at their, their other opponents, the, even the, the three weeks prior or the three weeks following Marshall Furman and FSU, which we all know now that is just a shell of anything it's ever been. Um, so NC state kind of needs to win out um, in order to kind of maintain their, their status, not, not just in, in, in the conference, but with, with the committee overall with, with, with their perception I think they passed the eye test very, very easily. But I think once you start looking at the resume, things kind of start falling apart for NC State. So it's important that they win out for themselves. But I think if, if Boston College were to win this game, it wouldn't do a whole lot to hurt Notre Dame's chances. I, I think ultimately they benefit regardless because Boston College, like I said, has really, really come on uh, in the past couple of weeks somehow on offense, which is just a weird sentence that I just said. <laughs> um, but, you know. Uh, if imagine Boston College beating Louisville, FSU, NC State, uh, you know, that that that's that's enough to kind of recognize, well, maybe this team was better than we thought. Uh, one of those wins is not like the other and it's Florida State. Oh, yep. <laughs> all right. Well, another. All right. We're going to get into our first top 10 matchup right here. And that's number one, Georgia taking on number 10, Auburn, 330 on CBS. Uh, this is a big one, and and I'm honestly I've gone back and forth of where I'm trying to figure out it would be better for Notre Dame because if Georgia were to win, obviously that makes you know even though the loss maybe doesn't really get much consideration right now as far as the playoff committee is concerned, mm-hmm. should help down the road for some tiebreakers. But if Georgia were to lose and then they get in, I mean right now they've clinched the SEC East, so they're gonna go play likely Alabama at the end of the season. And if Georgia were to drop, say this game against Auburn, and then they drop a game, say to Alabama, then Notre Dame would be in a situation to leapfrog them most likely. So it's, it's a very, very weird situation. And then on the other side of the coin, if Auburn gets manhandled by Georgia, like Georgia's basically done to damn near everybody else's season, 
all of a sudden that's a quality win for Clemson, who is sitting right there below Notre Dame. There's a lot of different things that are about to go down here. That's I, you know, that uh, uh, the scene in The Hangover, where you know it's it, they're at the blackjack table counting cards, and the math, the equations are all over. <laughs> that's what this beautiful mind in his head. Exactly, it's, it's, that's what this feels like. Trying to figure out what will end up going best here for as far as Notre Dame's concerned. Either way, this is going to be a hell of a good game. I'm really looking forward to this one because. I have a bad feeling about this uh, as far as Auburn goes because I think Auburn might be a fraudulent top 10. I really do. I think they yeah. got a good defense, but I don't think they know what the hell they're doing on offense. And when you see a team like Georgia, oh, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, so uh, Auburn is outside of two games. They have been at least relatively consistent. The The two games specifically are Clemson and weirdly Mercer. Um, so you know they, they were they've scored at least 40 points in every other game aside from their loss to LSU but against Clemson they lost 14 to 6 and against Mercer they only scored 24 points and it was a weirdly close game um as far as this matchup goes if whatever auburn team managed to put 42 on AM, 52 on arkansas 44 on Ole miss 49 on mississippi state uh and 51 on mizzou shows up uh it can at least get interesting I don't necessarily think that there is anything that anyone can really do to quote unquote crack this Georgia defense because I'm sorry, it's ridiculous, but um, they can at least make it a game. And I think the top 10 matchup, uh, the fact that it is, you know, uh, not a night game, but it's, 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 it's on its own. It's the, the feature game of its time slot, if you will. Um, all of these things kind of play into that and the fact that it's at, at Auburn. I mean, frankly, it, I, I don't know that it, if, if it were between the hedges, it would be any different. But a lot of things play into what, what anybody could either one could re- relatively or realistically win this game. Now, if that happens, if Auburn were to win this game, yes, that all of a sudden becomes a quality, quality win for Clemson. Georgia probably drops to, let's say, three. Notre Dame jumps up to two. Clemson maybe goes up to three, whatever. That's all. That's all well and good. But I don't see that as a problem for Notre Dame regardless. So let's say Georgia loses to Auburn, then they lose to Alabama. You know, those are two losses. They, they probably will be like on the outside looking in maybe at five. Um, and then Notre Dame, what benefits by going up to two at worst. I mean, assuming they went out, which is the, the baseline assumption you have to make in this scenario. Um, I, I feel like that doesn't really do much. I, Clemson can, can nip at their heels all they want, regardless if Clemson jumps Notre Dame or not. Uh, if Georgia falls out, that's still a spot for Notre Dame. So the reality is, is that that's not really a loss for ND. Now, if Georgia wins and then they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, um, depending on how the ACC title game goes, that's when things get interesting. Uh, because guess who also has a title game now? The Big 12. And they're in number five and number six right now. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll get, that's get when that things a get a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah, I think the nightmare scenario is that Georgia only has one loss because then the committee... And it becomes, okay, who gets number four? Is it Georgia or Notre Dame? Huh? Yeah. Well, that game already happened. And that's that's where I see the nightmare scenario potentially happening there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's almost – that's why I say I, I got that stupid math going off in my head of trying to figure out what I want to happen because I'm like, well, the math gets a lot simpler if Georgia loses and then Alabama trucks Georgia. So I don't know what I feel. I don't know what to feel. Because yeah. then yeah. if you – take the other side of the coin the other one that we haven't even said what if georgia just wins out against everybody including alabama then all of a sudden 
that whole two team in the SEC business goes bye bye. So and that and, actually kind of might work out for Notre Dame as well because again that would be hey look Alabama got proven to be not really what we thought they were bye yeah exactly and then they drop out completely and that makes it very convenient to then yeah. you know take care of the Big Twelve problem as well if Oklahoma and or TCU starts playing well so exactly. yeah so basically I think what we're saying Shane is that the result of this game is going to tell us how we're going to need to root for Georgia going forward kind of right <laughs> that's the yeah. way it feels all right uh one more game this is the one this is true scoreboard watching I don't really think you need to sit down and watch this a 4 p.m no. game on Fox that's Southern Cal taking on Colorado the only reason you need to flip the channel from Georgia and Auburn is if shit starts to go sideways because as much as I always enjoy Southern Cal Payne, um, they don't don't lose to Colorado. Just, nah, that that's not one you should drop at all. Please, no. please don't. And, and I really don't expect them to. And again, I say that knowing full well that I've said that multiple times and been incredibly wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, 2017, the year of expectations actually happening. Yeah, but you know, I mean, USC, uh, Col- Colorado is not. I mean, they're 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 a 500 team right now, two and five in conference. You know, they they have no re- no business uh, beating USC. Um, they got shut out by Washington State, and Washington State doesn't even play defense. You know, so um, there there shouldn't be a problem here. Shouldn't USC just needs to continue doing what they do, climb as high as they like because they're not getting in the top four. Make it make Notre Dame's schedule look nice and pretty. Um, just you know, eat a. Eat some buffalo burgers and then just walk away. <laughs> yeah, because if Southern Cal wins this and there's going to be movement ahead of them and, you know, say Auburn loses, you know, all of a sudden SC's probably sliding right up there. So, yeah, uh, they, they could end up being a top 10 win for Notre Dame when all is said and done. All right. Let's talk about the other national games of note. That's your scoreboard watching for Notre Dame, the ones that we feel will have the biggest impact. Now let's talk about the other big one. So here is number two of the top 10 games that are happening that is 8 p.m. on Fox. Uh, everybody at Notre Dame fan has another viewing appointment, but definitely yep. keep some kind of an eye, you know, keep it on your radar, peripheral vision, however you want to term it. But number six TCU is going to travel to Norman to face number five Oklahoma. And we've already referenced this. The Big 12 is weird. And this game could very well be a title game preview because there's a round robin game. These teams might have to play each other again. Or weird stuff can happen, and all of a sudden Oklahoma State pops up. I don't, I don't know how it's going to shake out for the Big Twelve because everybody's losing to everybody, and I have no idea how they're going to do their tiebreakers. All that being said, um, something's got to give here, and then we'll try to figure out what the hell the committee's going to do with the Ashes in this one. Yeah, I can tell you what's going to give defense. There's, there's going to be none. Um, <laughs> o- Oklahoma um, is, you know, they they have the leading Heisman candidate Baker Mayfield that is outstanding. Um, Ken Hill, as he goes by now, uh, on the other side, has been uh, you know pretty pretty damn serviceable for for TCU all season as well. However, neither team has really defended the ball very well. Oklahoma uh, has been perhaps the more alarming case because you know we know Oklahoma to be a team that typically plays a lot more sound defense, runs the ball effectively, and then has a quarterback that can just hurt you. Uh, that's typically how they sneak up uh, into the playoffs. That's how they did it when they you know when they played uh, Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Um, but this just kind of feels like another one of those cannibalism situations, you know, uh, Oklahoma already did it last week to Oklahoma state. Um, and now it just kind of feels like, uh, this is a situation where frankly, the conference doesn't really win either way, you know? 
Um, I, I know that they have the championship game now this year and everything, and that's all well and good. That doesn't really do them any favors because this game is happening right now. Uh, this game is happening with just, what, three weeks left to play? Uh, you're at a point now where essentially everything is time-sensitive, and if nobody really intends to step up, uh, then nobody will. TCU, I think, has a better chance to solidify their position um, if they were to beat Oklahoma than if Oklahoma were to beat TCU. Um, I just think that TCU, um, it's not even a matter of like quality wins. It's more so that they have put together uh, a more complete season than I think Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been, uh, I don't want to say inconsistent, but they have felt inconsistent. It's it's the it's the first time you see a top five Oklahoma team, and you still look at it sideways, like, yeah, but what are they? Um, so this this kind of feels like a situation where if TCU can can ride on the fact that they beat Oklahoma State when they were number six, that they beat West Virginia when they were number twenty three, that they beat I uh that they well that they lost to now ranked Iowa State as really their only situation that 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 hurts them, uh, I think they can benefit a little bit more if they can pull off the win. Uh, but, you know, Oklahoma is in the higher spot. I, I'm not saying mathematically speaking that's an absolute. Um, they're at number five. But it, it, it still feels like I wish this were happening earlier because I feel I almost feel bad for the Big 12. It's like they just can't get it right. Yeah, uh, it's it's very weird how they, they have the whole situation there. And I think they greatly misinterpreted uh, what the playoff committee thought about the conference title games. I, I think it was more of a, they gave them a middle finger more that the big 12 just couldn't make up their minds. And they're like, well, fuck you. Nobody's getting in. And then yeah. the big 12 has tried to overcorrect ever since. And it just has not worked out. Nope. Now, TCU, uh, the one game where they did put one hell of a defensive effort was Oklahoma state. So yeah. if there is, you know, either while it's one of those, uh, I remember when uh, it was a solid verbal referencing uh, Bedlam of which unit do you trust the least? And the answer was Oklahoma's defense. That would also be exactly what I would say in this one, because yeah. TCU's defense, uh, pretty, they can be decent. Oklahoma's they offense, have, have the ability. incredible. Yes. Now, the other, the thing that is going to be the tipping point, at least for me in this one is going to be what kind of TCU offense shows up because the reason they TCU has had such uh, problems before is very, very ill-timed turnovers. And that's how they lost to Iowa state. So it's okay. Are, are you going to have, you know, Ken Hill, the good quarterback show up or Kenny Hill, the terrible quarterback that had to transfer from a and M because it couldn't get any playing time. Yeah. So which yeah. one is going to happen? So yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it I don't really know if this is going to be a defense optional shootout type game or if it's going to be just this weird game where the scoring is a hell of a lot lower than anybody expects. It, I don't know what to think of this one. And the committee, I think it's like, well, Oklahoma is going to be five because they were five last week. Uh, we'll just bump TCU up here. It'll take care of itself next. Probably right. Just a swap. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, Alabama, the uh, one of the few top four teams we have not mentioned, has a top 25 game of their own. They're going to play Mississippi State 7 p.m. on ESPN. And Mississippi State's another one of those teams I can't quite get a gauge on. Uh, but if we really think Alabama is for sure this absolute death machine that just will not budge. I mean, they, they kind of played the same game they've always played with LSU, except mm -hmm. LSU had no offense to speak of, so it never really became a game. Well, let's see what happens in this one against a team that the committee believes is close to top 15 caliber. 
and it's really let's see where the the dice fall because then all of a sudden Alabama would have you know maybe two depending on what LSU does this week top twenty five victories so uh, let's go ahead and see it let's let's see what happens here Alabama I I, I wouldn't bet against them but mm-hmm. we're we're going to get to see for sure should also mention Alabama's on the road in this one yeah that that was going to be my number one issue it's like ah Alabama's going to play in the state of Mississippi. Boy, oh boy, has that been not fun. Yeah. Um, boy, bad things have happened to Alabama in the state of Mississippi. What? Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, yeah. It, it, it does give them something for the resume to, you know, to, I guess, to, to benefit from. Uh, Mississippi State's only two losses are to Georgia and Auburn. So, you know, two, two of the uh, premier teams that are playing this week and they're playing each other. Uh, but Mississippi State, I, I, I very much agree with what you said. I have no idea what they are. I know they're seven and two, and I know they beat LSU, but no one really knew how bad LSU was was at the time. They were, you know, number twelve and all that. Um, but then Mississippi State turns around and struggles against UMass thirty four to twenty three last week. That was so, weird, especially after yeah. beating the Aggies the week before. Yeah, beating the tar off, beating the pants off of Kentucky, and then A and M uh, in back to back weeks. I don't really know. I, 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 I'm not sure that there is a lot to, to draw on in terms of what to, you know, should you be watching for the upset or, or, or not? I mean, realistically speaking, the predictor should say hell to the not. But, you know, it's not like it's not it's not even as bad as, you know, ESPN has that dumb matchup predictor thing. Um, ESPN's matchup predictor for, let's say, I'll give you an example. Michigan State, Ohio State. They have Ohio State winning with a 92 percent chance. Okay. And that, uh, <laughs> Nothing yeah. in the season should be that sure. <laughs> That's insane, right? Against Michigan State. But in this matchup, you know, they gave Mississippi State an 18.2% chance. It just feels like I, they don't know what this team is either. So they're just kind of like, look, it feels lopsided. We'll just give them a little bit of room just in case and we'll see how things play out. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I, I don't know that there is a, a lot to draw on for, you know, call the upset here or there. Uh, but if Alabama gets this win, it will at least do something to solidify their position. Um, I expect them to win, but you know, at the same time, you never know, man. It's the state of Mississippi. Alabama hasn't fared great there all the time. Well, I tell you what, I know who my rooting interest. It's it's Clang all the way in this one because yeah, if it. if the unthinkable does happen, that makes things a whole hell of a lot easier. And speaking of things getting a whole hell of a lot easier, that undefeated Wisconsin team that we thought we we talked about gets themselves a big boy top 25 matchup and that's against Iowa. So Iowa is going to be traveling to Wisconsin 3:30 on ABC. So we'll see what happens in here. How does Iowa, God, I cannot believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. Follow up a 55 point performance against Ohio state. Do they have something left in the tank here against a Wisconsin team that has looked slightly suspect because if Wisconsin actually gets a quality win, and this may be the lone one they get until the Big Ten championship game and Iowa hangs around the top 25. That could be two potential top 25 wins. And now you got an undefeated Big Ten champion. What the hell do you do then? Now, I'm hoping yeah. it doesn't get there. And Iowa, um, if you would, please, please make it clean and simple for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I almost feel like it's it's you could ask the question what does does iowa have anything left in the tank or is iowa just going to be like hell yeah we can do this from now on you know um i don't know but it's it's like you said this wisconsin team is kind of suspect man i mean not for nothing but 
you know, they don't they don't really have a lot of quality on their. I mean, they're not going to have any quality because they played a absolute cupcake of a schedule. Um, you know, they're they're I guess the most noteworthy win right now, and I'm, I wish I was kidding. Is Northwestern? That's one. Uh, and then a close second again. I wish I was kidding. Is probably FAU. That's, that's six and three <laughs> right now, and they won thirty-one to fourteen against that team. So um, if they can. You know, if they can put the the brakes on Iowa's you know little party, then yes, they will finally, finally have a quality win. But yeah, one quality win, I mean, undefeated or not, it doesn't. I mean, it, it would boil down to the Big Ten championship game, frankly. But even then, I feel like whoever they play, it's not going to be fun. Um, but if if let's say they run the table, all of a sudden, yeah, now the committee is going to be in a quite precarious situation. So I'm with you. Hey, Iowa, <laughs> do me a salad. Uh, remember when we told all of our kids about undefeated you a couple years ago? Yeah, let's just uh, let's just pull out the spirit here and uh, exercise this Wisconsin demon. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping Iowa didn't get a call from Delaney. It's like, look, motherfuckers, <laughs> that, that, that whole 50 plus thing was cute. And, and you you probably screwed the, the entire Big Ten out of the playoff. Don't do it again. Don't do it to me twice. And. <laughs> And by the way, that is totally off-brand of Big Ten football. What you, oh, yeah. Your job is not to score 50 points. Your job is to get to the opposing 30 and punt the ball. Not yep. fake the punt and throw it to your snapper. What the fuck Fair are enough. you doing, Ference? I know you're a coach for life, but motherfucker, stop. Come on. <laughs> Seriously. Jeez. Oh, man. How funny would it be, though? And I got in-laws that, that were undergrad at Iowa. If somehow Iowa goes back-to-back like, 30 plus point games or something like that. They actually like they have an offense. I'm going to wonder what the hell, where this Iowa team's been all this time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of going to be the missed opportunity, right? It's, you know, this Iowa team didn't, didn't really have it together at the beginning of the season. I mean, they, you know, they lost to Penn state. They, at the time, oh, they should have had that Penn state win. That was yeah. one that slipped through their fingers. They, they kind of at the time, then a week later, like almost inexplicably lost to Michigan State the following week. And Michigan State, you know, was kind of reeling after getting their asses handed to them by Notre Dame. Um, and then they lost to Northwestern. And, and, you know, again, at the time, no one really understood what the hell was going on. Um, but, you know, Northwestern isn't exactly a juggernaut either. So therefore, they're, a four, they're both four and three teams. So it was just kind of like, you know, I, Iowa missed the opportunity. They, they, they missed the boat to be the team that they showed they were against Ohio state last week. Um, so, you know, this is basically their last chance to really cement themselves. But like you said, it's still going to feel like, come on, dude, where the fuck was this against Michigan state? And <laughs> hey, well, you know what? For our benefit, they didn't do it to Michigan state. So hey, this, yeah. this could all work out very well. All right. We got one more top 25 on top 25 game. And that's number 15, Oklahoma State taking on number 21, Iowa State. Noon, ABC, ESPN2. So this will trade spots with NC State, Boston College, depending on your region. So for me, this will definitely be the ABC game. Um, man, I'm interested to see what happens here. You know, Bedlam was done and over and ended just like it seems every other Bedlam does. A very good Oklahoma State team just can't put it together and OU beats them. And now they get to turn their sights to a team that has been ruining the entire Big 12's playoff aspirations. And, you know, this is a chance. Almost hilariously, if Oklahoma State does win this game and win convincingly and just smacks Iowa State out of the top 25, I wonder if that's better or worse for the Big 12 than if Ohio Iowa State wins this game. 
I, I don't uh, know what to think now. The the whole round robin situation. This is this is your nightmare scenario for having a round robin schedule. It's great yeah. to to get your top teams, but when there's been so much parity like this season, it leaves more questions than answers. I I just want to see Iowa State win at this point. I, I just want to see the entire Big Twelve just supernova into itself and just destroy <laughs> itself. You know, fucking Iowa State finds a way into the Big Twelve title game. Oh hell yes, done. <laughs> done pretty sure it's still possible uh, I, I may have to do a little bit of math and they're gonna need a lot of help to do it but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's still possible and i also think that would uh man I, I forget if texas and tcu have played yet yeah they have that did not end well uh i nope. remember that happened a couple <laughs> weeks ago uh so, god who the hell does tcu have left off the top of my so head i can't TCU even remember you basically at this point has texas tech and baylor after oklahoma oh god so. oh wait wait they have who Texas Tech and Baylor at the end of the year. Oh, Ouch. how how delicious would it be? I'm going Ouch. there, Shane. I'm going if there. Baylor pulled it off. <laughs> exactly. Fuck. Oh, man. Okay. Hey, well, that first year of the playoff where neither of us got in. Yeah. Fuck you. We're winning. Bye. <laughs> that would the be only so thing that Iowa State. The only thing that Iowa State would really need is a set. I mean, if Iowa State wins this game, right? Uh, if they manage to pull off the upset, uh, then they just have to deal with Baylor and Kansas State, which shouldn't be tough challenges for them because West Virginia is ahead of them when you look down in the, in the rankings. Iowa State's currently fifth in the conference. West Virginia will then take another conference loss, uh, likely, at the end of the season when they play Oklahoma to close out the year. Uh, and then it's basically just a matter of you know <laughs> some bullshit happening to TCU um oklahoma would then cement themselves atop and then iowa state would be second and then lol (laughs) god oh so beautiful the the big 12 you're you're so you're so stupid the way you've organized your conference not not only were are you doing big 10 math you're you're doing the dumbest possible thing you're you're asking or we're not even asking for you're demanding a rematch in your championship game and you're, you're you're basically setting it up for if there is one conference that is set up to fail the most often in the college football playoff, the way they've set themselves up, it is the Big 12. They were better off without the fucking championship game. Oh, God. Basically. Yeah, yeah. When they could just have the, the, the one the one guy atop and represent. Go. Boom. Exactly. Yeah, all right. Well, we talked about a lot of games. Dare I ask, Shane, is there anything else on your radar? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like I'm playing Battleship against seven other people. You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> no, I, I have no room for anything else. I mean, you can you can pretend all you want that you want to watch the civil conflict between UConn and UCF. You don't. That, that doesn't matter. Um, you, you can pretend like, you know, it, it matters to you whether or not UCLA is hot garbage. That doesn't matter to you. Um, no, there's there's no there's no room like this is this is the week where you're not going to have a break. You're not going to have. A, a a you know to quote the solid verbal right the window opportunity there is none so you're you're done it's just uh you just have to do what you got to do to watch all these games and watch dominoes fall yeah you know what your window of opportunity is it's friday night and sunday there it is that's yeah. your, that's your window of opportunity and i say this as somebody that is that's got a, a birthday dinner with his grandma and, and i'm sitting there hoping I don't miss too much of Notre Dame Miami and and I'm just going to be a nervous wreck at the end of the dinner at the table like can we go can we go can we go oh, happy birthday grandma yeah. got to run <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing that is vaguely on my radar is is maybe Aggies can get bowl eligible against Bob Davey. We, uh, yay. Uh, obligatory mentions, Florida State is going to play number four Clemson. So we round out the top four, and Florida State on the road to, to bowl eligibility have rescheduled their 12th game. <laughs> so they're going to oh. be playing in December. Somehow they will be playing in December. That's going to be absolutely stupid. Um, the only thing dumber would be if Florida state actually does the thing against Clemson, uh, spoiler, they won't. No, they won't. Reminder, this Clemson team got 11 sacks on Auburn, Florida state's offensive line. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. This may be a game where you do wildcat full time. Just, just don't, don't even risk Blackman getting hurt because then, then all hell absolutely breaks loose. Oh, Uh, do you, do you want to watch a turned over gasoline fire? (laughs) Uh, you can watch Florida, South Carolina. Good luck with that. Oh no, no. Oh man, I was trying to get us out with the obligatory mentions and move on, but you went there. You had to go there. Uh, by the right. way, just in case y'all were wondering, Malik Zaire uh, once again not starting. So, oh, he's not starting, or no, he is. Starting? Felipe Franks is back. Oh, thank God. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Zaire, sorry, bud. Sorry. All right, your yeah, final, final obligatory Baylor. It has to be mentioned. They are playing Texas Tech. That's a thing. So, moving on, the third top ten game. Going on Saturday is none other than your number three fighting Irish from Notre Dame going over to South Florida, taking on number seven, Miami. This will be 8 p.m. ABC under the lights, huge hype. Everybody's bringing up Catholics versus convicts again. I, I kid you not, Shane, I've yet to watch that 30 for 30. I'm making some time to do so on Friday because I can wow. think of no better way to get hype. It's been sitting on my DVR for over a year. Yeah. That's how crazy <laughs> life has been. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. Wow. Where have you been? Um, <laughs> I've, I've been moving. <laughs> yeah, you, you've just been, you've just been like literally existing to the max. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be great. And for, for Notre Dame, everybody's pretty much full go. Uh, the only exception to that is Dexter Wimbush, who is still, you Williams. know, yeah, it's, oh, it's just still digging with that uh, contusion or whatever it is. Apparently it's not the ankle. It's something else. Now he's just not a hundred percent. Uh, but it's as good as it can get for health situation, at least right now. Mm-hmm. Knocking on wood once again because holy shit was last week scary. Uh, yeah. Do not want to have more heart attacks there. Um, and there's going to be a brand new field uh, on this. This is the fourth time Miami's changed their field. So already my mind is swirling with please, everybody's knees and ankles come out of this in one piece because I do not trust that field to stay intact. In, in yeah. Uh, but here we go. And the story seems to be the same, uh, that it has been. And really, this is kind of the classic Notre Dame, Miami. You got blue collar, hard nose, Notre Dame coming into finesse, speedy Miami. Oh man, Shane, uh, what, what are your initial thoughts here on this one? I'm going to go ahead and let you take the floor while I try to gather mine in this game. (laughs) Um, so I don't know why, but you know, I, I still feel like Miami is is hella sus. And that means I'm this they're suspect. That's a suspect ass team, man. Um I I know that their defense definitely holds up. I guess particularly their 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 defensive line has been strong. Um but you know they they they're on offense you, you have you have a fresh a first time starting a first year starting quarterback in Rozier that has just kind of been not not he hasn't been consistent enough for what that team tries to do on offense. So the team essentially tries, they, they try to lull teams in 
uh, you know, not necessarily loading the box, but they, they like to play short, they like to play quick, and then they like to go deep. Um, and Rogier just hasn't really been consistent enough to execute that. That is a big issue to me. But on top of that, Miami, I don't know why no one's really talking about it, but frankly, they, they have some injuries of note. That, you know, they, they have a starting linebacker that's out for the season. Uh, he, tore, he, he tore a ligament in his knee. Uh, they have a starting offensive lineman uh, who's out for the week. Uh, they have half of their starting secondary will be out. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know where uh, all this is really coming from, but, you know, Miami is undefeated. That has to be respected, right? That has to be acknowledged. But something about this team feels like, you know, not only looking at their schedule and looking at their close scores, because that's, that's kind of the easy, low-hanging fruit to identify um, in terms of, oh, well, they're not necessarily a, a breakaway team. They, they barely got away from Georgia Tech at the last second. UNC, one of the trashiest garbage teams in the country, played them within five points. Um, none of that really speaks to, the, I think, their major issues. I think their major issues is that they, they aren't they are not a complete 22 man unit. Um, they have small pockets of strengths. Um, their, their running back play has, has been su- surprisingly consistent since they lost their starter. Um, but all throughout the, the, all throughout the, their team, they have individual playmakers, but not really sound units. So they have individually strong offensive linemen, but they don't have a strong offensive line. They have uh, very fast and very uh, prolific uh, defensive backs that are on the field right now, but they don't have a strong secondary. Um, their wide receivers can definitely catch you sleeping, uh, but they, they aren't necessarily a strong wide receiving core. Um, all, all the things kind of speak to a team that has individual keys that can be easily identified by somebody, in my opinion, like Mike Elko. Uh, and so long as Notre Dame does what they do, which they're going to do, uh, I, I don't feel like this game is going to be... Not, not, I'm not going to say it's not going to be competitive or close. It's definitely going to be close. I'm, I'm actually hoping that this is one of the better games and that it is relatively close because I would love to see that. Um, because I'm 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 all about the drama in these in these hyped up matchups, but it doesn't feel like the kind of game that it's it's being made out to be. Three versus seven, I get it. Undefeated Miami, I get it. That there's just something still about the, the the team as a whole and where they rank nationally on offense that doesn't really. I'm not really buying it. They 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 rank really highly in points uh in, in points against on defense. They rank really highly in tackles for loss. I think they're first in the country, but like. On offense, they're 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 pretty pedestrian on both sides. I mean, they they're a middle of the pack rushing team, and uh, you know maybe a top twenty five passing team. I I don't see a, a particular strength for them, so I feel like it's not going to be maybe as stressful as we might think. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm maybe I'm just on on some kind of cloud here. <laughs> well, uh, I may be joining you on said cloud. Uh, one thing I do want to note: you missed one injury in, in that slew there, and that's. Uh, uh, Mark Walton, who was their top running back, went down. Yep. Now, now Travis Homer is nothing to sneeze at. He he has done. He's only rushed for six point four average and has six touchdowns, six hundred twelve yards on the season, and mm-hmm. starting second on the depth chart. So it's not like that. Yeah, it hurts, but it, it's not the worst thing in the world for them. They've recovered now. Where the other thing I will throw at you before I give my overall impression of them is here here's where Miami is is really been doing a good job. Well, I'm going to bring up that turnover chain. Cuz yeah. cuz they have they've they've got 20 turnovers that they've they've gained. That's yeah. a ton. That's good yeah. enough to tie themselves for 11 in the nation. If you're wondering where Notre Dame is because we've been, you know, getting a quite a few turnovers ourselves, we're only one behind them in 19. Mm. Now, their margin, they are actually 
a little bit worse than Notre Dame. Their margin is one less because despite the fact they turn the ball over or they get turnovers and they cause turnovers, they cough it up quite a bit themselves. They've lost yep. nine. Notre Dame's only lost seven. So that's one thing. Or And on some of those uh, inter- interceptions there that Notre Dame has, you know, some of those were Ian Book, you know, getting some yeah. PT as well. So Notre Dame actually much better taking care of the ball overall. And, you know, these are two teams that are tops of the nation for turnover margin, and they've been going after them. That's been a marked reason why Notre Dame has been so damn good this yeah. season. Not only are they getting the turnovers, but they're making you pay for it. Well, yeah. Miami will get the turnovers. They don't always make you pay for it, though. But the problem is, is you can never get any momentum because as soon as you do, the ball's back in their hands all of a sudden. Now, right. here's my overall thought, and, and I've thought about this long and hard about what is this team. And what I feel this team is, is what Notre Dame has tried to be in their good seasons. They're extremely talented. And and I think you hit the nail on the head where you notice is that they have this individual talent. They have a great player here, a great player there, but it doesn't seem to all come together all at once. It was like what we were talking about last year was that something seems to go wrong somewhere. You just don't know where the leak in the pipe's going to burst, but you know it's going to yep. burst somewhere. Well, sometimes you can put enough duct tape on that pipe to where nothing really leaks until everything goes wrong, then all of a sudden the thing bursts, and you just kind of put it back together again, and you still have a good season. Yeah. That's really what this seems to be loading up for Miami. Is it's Notre Dame 2015, it feels like. Exactly. And, and that's exactly where I was going with it, was Notre Dame 2015. Yep. So good, but they're just, there's yeah. there were these couple of hiccups, and they had to play so perfect, and they couldn't play that perfect. And, and that's really what I see here as, as the potential for what this team is. And also, I, I guess we have to bring this up as well, this also seems to be kind of classic ricked as well. Yeah, right. You Super got, Rick. You got a great team. They look to be doing well, and then they come up against a huge test, fall short, but the season's still good. You still yep. get to go to the conference title game. You're still right there. You know, it's not like it's bad and and not like I'm saying this is this is Rick ceiling by any means. I actually think he's a lot better than folks have given him credit for, but this seems to be like you know, unfortunately for him, his MO, it looks like Basically, it's yeah. it's lining up to potentially follow him now. But the thing is, this is a game where I, I think I'm with you, Shane, on that cloud where at least for what I've watched and what I've seen, I have been impressed with the, the speed of their defensive line, their power, the defensive line. You know, their secondary has a lot of decent talent in there, despite the injuries that they fought. So what I really sit here and see is that. If they figure out how to just to put it together for one night yeah. at yeah. home, that's that's what scares me the most. Is that Dangerous. this game's not it's in South Bend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on no, the- you're right. You're right. They 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 have the potential to 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 do something if they put together the the perfect game. I just feel like I can't expect or I I have no reason to believe that what Mike Elko and Chip Long have have created is going to allow for a team to just catch them sleeping for four quarters it's just it doesn't seem like a feasible thing so i'm I'm just not sure that i'm buying it but again you know we, you have to respect what what my, my what miami has put together especially this year um and you have to recognize that mark Richt has turned that team completely around um and this is with again a first year starting quarterback so it, it has to be respected their defense is definitely for real 
Um, it's just a matter of whether or not they can put it together for an entire game against a team like Notre Dame that's probably, if not definitely, going to run all over them all game. Oh, yeah. And and uh, I'm glad you brought that up because it's almost like Wake Part 2 in that we're facing another team that does really well in the tackles for loss category. Uh, Brian Kelly mentioned in one of his press conferences that the, they are leaders in tackles for loss. Uh, slightly off there, he's, he's correct, but they're leading in tackles for loss per game because they played one less than a lot of teams because they had a hurricane canceled game. So while Wake was your leader in the clubhouse with the per, pure raw numbers until they faced Notre Dame, uh, now that designation, let's see if you can guess this, Shane. Who would you think? would be the leaders in tackle for loss right now. It's not Wake. I'll at least tell you that. Huh, the leaders in tackle for loss? I'm going to go ahead and say Clemson. Washington State. Ah! Of all teams. Wow. They have five more than Wake, Michigan, and South Florida, who are all tied for second. And, oh, and Clemson right behind them. So eight eight more than Clemson. But per Pick game. Yeah, it incredible. And, and wa- air raid. Wazoo yeah, yeah. of all people. The we never hold the ball team. Yeah, the Grinch, man. The Grinch, he's awesome. But anyways, uh, 8.75 tackles for loss per game. So it's, again, one of those feast or famine defenses because it's like, wow, they must be a dominating defense. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, they they yeah. are very – man, calling yeah, them a mediocre run defense would be kind. Yeah, yeah. And if you it's, look at advanced statistics, it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not going to be – it's not going to look good for them. Uh, that That's definitely a weakness that they're – even if they try to overcompensate for him, but the reality is, is like Brandon Wimbush just kind of cancels that out. So uh, it, it's not going to be pretty in terms of them defending the run. But uh, so if, if they can produce on offense, they can at least keep it interesting. We saw what Wake did, so you never know. Absolutely, it's and it, it's funny to hear week after week, you know, that the game plan's the same. If you're Miami, you got to stop the run for Notre Dame. But the only team that's actually done that is Georgia, and it was yeah, really interesting. Yeah, and it was really interesting to hear the players, too, because, you know, post-Wake, yeah, the defense didn't have that good of a performance. The killer instincts seemed gone. And when they did the interviews with the captains this week, every one of them to a T was talking about, like, all, all the shit that they had to do academically. They weren't getting enough sleep. And it and honestly, it kind of showed there that yeah. if, if that, that absolutely looked like the case because – it wasn't that they ran out of gas. It was just like, huh, damn, the yeah. week's almost over. And, oh, shit, they scored? Oh, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're, we're up by a bunch right now. It's not a big deal. You know, we can turn it up when we need to. And and Brian Kelly all but said, basically, in his Tuesday pra- uh, presser, he said the preparation needed to be better, which is basically coach speak for, yeah, practice fucking sucked last week. Yeah. It yeah. was bad. And that was, again, a performance off of a bad practice week. Exactly. So, <laughs> so and – they're going to be up for this one. They don't have a choice because this is the season right here. This yep. is basically a playoff game. This yep. is one of many playoff games coming down the pipe. Like I said, three top 10 matchups. So if Notre Dame does manage to win this game, they super solidify their spot Absolutely. in the top four. It's going to be very hard to pry them out, even with all the nightmare scenarios that we talked about, just because of how damn good that resume is. However, it all starts with you got to win this one. And and I'm bullish on Notre Dame. And, and I said when you were gone, Shane, I'm finally to, to where you are. I'm, I'm all in. I'm fully bought in on this team being as good as they appear to be earlier in the season. And I, I just don't want it to be one of these games where we're like, well, 
Notre Dame lost the big one when it mattered. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. want that to happen. This team's too yeah. damn good for that to happen. I I, I just I, I think back, you know, they, they let the Georgia game get away from them, you know, on, on a last second error by, by Mike McGlinchey. I, I can't imagine Notre Dame letting this one get out of hand and out of reach. So so long as they do what they need to do, I feel confident that they'll walk away with a win. Yeah, and and the other thing they they got to play clean because the one thing I do not want to see is that damn turnover chain come out nope. once. Nope. And, and nope. that's that's just not me saying you know being the the curmudgeon that hates the playoff chain. Maybe unpopular Notre Dame opinion, Notre Dame fan opinion. I think that turn turnover chain is fucking brilliant. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. And it is so Miami, and, and that's the it, thing. It, Yes, it is. The, yeah, absolutely. The trash can that Tennessee did, stupid. A lot of these other things that teams have done for turnovers is stupid. But you go get a gold chain that has a gigantic, yeah. oversized, Flava Flav clock type U on it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's uh, quintessential 305 and, right there. Oh, absolutely. And the funny, did you watch any of the Virginia Tech Miami game? No. Last week? Oh, so A Rod and J Lo were in a suite. Oh, my God. A-Rod had himself a replica made for himself turnover chain. (laughs) (laughs) I live here, guys. I live here. Yeah. Well, well, also, by the way, noted Notre Dame fan A-Rod as he's been photographed in Notre Dame stands. So I wonder if he's going to do the Laura Quinn half and half. Is he going to have like it's going to have a new chain? It's half a U and half a shamrock. I have a feeling it won't be. I have a feeling I know where it's going to be. Nope. But yeah, anyway, that that's a long way of me saying that uh, no, that's what Notre Dame has done so well in these big games. They have taken care of the ball. Hell, last week they had two near disasters against Wake yep. Forest, and they hopped all over them and and survived there being a, a terrible, terrible fumble on uh, yep. two separate occasions. And and that's what they got to do. Be careful. Wimbush is looking good, but he's going to face, if anything else, a secondary with a lot of speed, and those windows are going to be a hell of a lot smaller than they've oh, yeah. been for quite a while. Definitely, definitely. They're, they're going to close the gaps pretty quick, and they're, you know receivers aren't really going to get separation unless you know unless it's a blown coverage or unless you know somebody falls or something like that. So you're going to have to make those those throws count every time. Yeah. So so that's the night. If we want to talk about nightmare scenario, that's the nightmare scenario I see. Notre Dame mm-hmm. is sloppy with one terrible injury happens, but that can happen on either side. And and God, we hope that doesn't happen in, for nope. anybody. And the other one is that. Notre Dame finally isn't clean with the ball, and then turnover chain comes out. That stadium loses their ever-loving shit, and yep. then all of a sudden, Notre Dame puckers up just enough to blink. Yeah. But, but, man, oh, I'm excited, Shane. This little, I cannot remember. the. I think the last time I was this excited for a Notre Dame game was a national title game. Hell, yeah. Are you <laughs> kidding me? What? <laughs> also in Miami. <laughs> let's yeah let's ex- let's uh vanquish one of those demons right there please <laughs> that was a different stadium but still yeah. let, let's uh let's have a much much better trip to south beach because i, I want to see bk dancing in the locker room i want to embarrass the hell out of miami i don't know how realistic that is but man that'd be great if we gave him the sc treatment but yeah. all eyes and it's been weird the top college football games in the nation Notre Dame actually has not been up there and nope. it, it's been everybody else it's, it's not that nobody's watching Notre Dame, but as far as your major national audience, this is where it's going to happen. Yes. This is it. Even though TC and Oklahoma is going on at Fox, there's going to be far more eyes on this one because it's a playoff 
you know, potential Notre Dame against the top 10 Miami. It is that matchup, that Catholics versus convicts type thing that everybody remembers those matchups and everybody has a side that they pick in this one because these two teams, at least the, the overlying thought is that they're the antithesis of each other. Wow. There you go. You got it. Finally. Oh, third time's a charm. <laughs> today junior all right so uh well with that being said how about uh i bring eddie in and let's pick some of this craziness let's and folks as always i am joined by none other than nd eddie mac for the picks of the week eddie how you doing bud well my shoes are a little muddy the the pants are a little wet because well you know, we, we had to put a ball in the water. We had to we had to make a noble sacrifice to Gamblor and you, me, and damn near everybody else last week decided that yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and let this one go away. Yeah, it was it was a bloodbath in the pick'em, folks, or com slash pick'em. Uh only three people above five hundred. Only three people at five hundred. Everybody else, oh <laughs> and he goes four and six, I go three and seven. It was ugly, but since everybody kind of sucked, we didn't lose a whole lot of ground in segment two. Eddie, you're still right there in second place. Nikki nipping at Chai Domer's heels just down by two games. I'm sitting at 500, and on the season, I'm just below 500 by two games, and you're 10 games over. What, That's what, pretty good. What, what is you this know, life? I Hey, once again, nothing about this college football season makes sense. <laughs> I've I'm more than happy with going this way. It's great. I'm loving life right now. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of loving life, man, I mean, Shane and I, you know, we, we had so many games to talk about. We took a, a, a good chunk of those games into the picks because, damn, is this slate absolutely stacked. It's, uh, whew, there's, I hope you got at least two TVs and like four iPads or laptops available <laughs> to you at all times on Saturday. <laughs> Because, man, it's a, good, it's a good day to have ADD, I guess, because there is going to be a lot going on. Oh, it, it's going to be a lot of good fun. But, of course, Eddie, we're here for the degenerate side of things. We got some space bucks to throw around. We got some spreads to pick. You ready to do this, sir? Let's go, baby. All righty. We're going to start off with a little Friday Night Lights here. Just because it's intriguing enough, it's not. It, this is the only game that is not a top twenty-five on top twenty-five matchup, but just intriguing enough because not only do we have a top ten team, but they are playing a future Notre Dame opponent. The final roadblock on the season after Notre Dame is able to get through whatever happens at Miami, that is Washington heading over to Stanford, and Stanford is a home dog in this one. By six and a half points. Eddie, lead us off, sir. Let's put a ball back in the fairway. I I love this line for starting off off the tee box. Washington should just murder Stanford, right? I mean, you look at what Washington's done the last two weeks. They, they slept against Arizona State, and they got caught for it. Put up 44 on UCLA last week. A 38-3 just murder of Oregon. Meanwhile, Stanford... You know, lost to Wazoo, barely squeaked by Oregon State. Oh, but Bryce Love wasn't there. I don't give a shit. It's Oregon State. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't think Stanford's that good, and I think Washington is still very good. This line is actually a little low, in my opinion, and that scares me a little bit. 
I guess they're thinking Stanford takes possessions away. I don't know. I I think UW murders them. Well, I'll tell you what, if you feel like you put this ball on the fairway, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing then because I'm disagreeing with you, sir. If there's one thing that Stanford has done, it's it's they make games ugly. They bring people down to whatever the hell level Stanford football is this season. So this spread actually terrifies me slightly because I wish it was seven and a half and not six and a half. But I'm still going to take Stanford in this one. For me, this game reeks of stupid, stupid football and backdoor cover. Plus, Pac-12 after dark, Friday night, top 10 teams. These are all things that don't go well when when said teams are on the road. They just don't. So go ahead and give me Stanford in this one. So we're, we're, we're off to a great start, Eddie. One of us is already going to be dead wrong right off the head. <laughs> well, you know, we like to have a little controversy here. Well, let's see if we can keep it going because we're going to hit the noon slate on Saturday. And we're going to start in the Big 12 where Oklahoma State will go out and take on Iowa State. Iowa State here, another home dog. Six and a half points. Oklahoma State is favored. And I tell you what, in this one, man, I have gone back and forth on this one. But I'm going to take the home dog. I'm going to take Iowa State because I think Iowa State is going to be able, at the very least, to keep it close enough. They've been playing teams fairly close. And Oklahoma State, they just feel – I wish, Eddie, I should have made you pick this one first so I could pick the opposite. Because, <laughs> because you really screwed that up. I know because God knows you can't pick an Oklahoma State game to save your life. Uh, but man, I, I just don't know what they are. I feel like every time, even I, I think I know what they're going to do. They don't. So one thing I know is Iowa State plays people tough. They're at home. It's in Ames. Go ahead and give me the Cyclones in this. Eddie, what about you? Ames at noon is not an ideal scenario. And Lord knows, I don't know what the fuck Oklahoma State's doing. I just, I can't pick them to save my life. But last week, they put up, what, 52 points? The defense, obviously terrible, but as we're going to discuss a little later on, Baker Mayfield's playing as good a football as anybody, if not better than pretty much everyone except Khalil Tate in the country right now. I don't think Iowa State can slow down Oklahoma State's offense. They look to get the ship righted, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I think you're going to get a return to what we saw earlier this year where they were just putting up so many points that you were set on fire so fast you couldn't do anything about it. I don't like the home dog at Ames on a noon kick. All of that terrifies me, but I'm going to take the pokes. <laughs> I feel so much better about my pick you're, now. You're welcome. Uh, hang on a second. I'm taking out my mortgage that I set aside. <laughs> it's going to go and fade you. All right. Next up, we got some Big Ten action on that noon slot as well, and that is Michigan State. Number 12, Michigan State. What What is this world? Uh, they are going on the road to face Ohio State. Ohio State, 15.5 point favorite. Eddie, who do you got here? Nothing about this is right. How is Michigan State ranked that high? How is an Ohio State team that just got bodied by Iowa still ranked as high as they are? How the hell is an Ohio State team that just got bodied by Iowa favored by 15 and a half? That, I don't know, man. This, you've got another noon kick, 11 a.m. local. This sounds like your prototypical 17 to 10, gouge your eyes out, terrible Big Ten game, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely uh, does. 
I'm, I'm taking Sparty here. I don't think there's going to be many points in this game. I still don't think Ohio State's that good. They got exposed last week by Iowa. I'll take Sparty here. I, I'm taking Sparty as well. I am 100% on board. I like this game to be ugly. I like the under. <laughs> this, I, I, I don't get this line either. It's, it's almost like... Vegas is saying, oh, that whole Iowa thing was was weird. Uh, Ohio State will get back to normal, we promise. You know, uh, I'm just so, assuming they're looking for a vengeance play. I, I have no idea what they're looking for, but the only constant I know is that Sparty, again, it's like Stanford. They bring people down to their level, and so much so that they've they got a 7-2 record. What the shit? <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, yeah, I see this game being ugly. I see it being dumb, and yes, I see Sparty covering. You're going to give me over two touchdowns in this game? Oh, hell yeah. I, I'm easily taking that, so go ahead and give me Sparty. Next up, we have our first top 10 matchup of the weekend and of the picks, and that is Georgia headed over to the Plains and Auburn, and Auburn, another home dog in this one. Georgia favored by two and a half points. Oh, man. Like I said with Shane, I, I I honestly don't know from a Notre Dame perspective of, of where I should root for because I see uh, potential nightmare scenarios for Notre Dame with a Georgia win or a Georgia loss. However, we're not doing nightmare scenarios for playoffs here. We're sitting here looking at who's going to cover the damn spread. I tell you what, that is one thing Georgia has been damn good at all season long. Auburn's got a great defense. I'd feel better if the spread was... And they were getting closer to a touchdown on this one. Maybe I'd consider taking them as a home dog, but not with the way Georgia's playing. This is a rivalry game. This is their last big test until the the big matchup with, we assume, Alabama. I know Georgia's already clinched the East, and they don't have a whole lot to play for, except for that whole trying to murder everybody and stay in the playoff ranking. So go ahead and give me the dogs in this one. Eddie, who you have? This line makes no sense to me. I feel like there's a one missing on the front of it. <laughs> Do you remember Clemson sacking Auburn's quarterback 11 times in a single game? Sure as shit do. The only way they're going to top that is by looking at a worse offensive line in Florida State. Have fun with that one, Seminoles. You know who else has a really, really, really good front seven? Ah, I think it would be Georgia. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game. I think Georgia just stomps Auburn again. How in the hell is Auburn in the top 10? I, 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 there are some teams that I must just have a blind spot for because I haven't been paying attention. But okay, you beat A&M. Impressive. You beat Arkansas. Coastal Carolina is super fucking impressed. You got whooped by LSU. I mean, I don't get this line. I don't get it at all. I think Georgia's going to absolutely stomp Auburn into the ground. You forgot my favorite one for Auburn, and that's the Mercer game, where they only managed to beat them 24-10. to 10. Mm, I, You are correct. I completely <laughs> forgot that happened. It, it I, just, I don't pretty. get this line at all, man. Yeah, they, I mean, they stopped Mississippi State, but I still have no idea what Mississippi State is. But yeah, yeah I, I don't understand this. I get that these two teams should play each other close, but no, Auburn Auburn still hasn't figured out their identity. It's just not, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, so they, they've canned their AD as well. So, I mean, <laughs> things are not all there right now. But anyway, let's go to the other school in Alabama, shall we? Where the Tide is going to go into Stark Vegas. 
against Mississippi State and Bama favored by 14 and a half points. Eddie, who do you got? Another large spread for Alabama in this one. That hook is bullshit. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say is that hook is bullshit. Um, Auburn stomped Mississippi State. Georgia, a team that's going to be a lot like Alabama, stomped Mississippi State. Bama's got to cover a fucking spread at some point, right? <laughs> you would think. Maybe if I they mean, don't fucking kneel the ball this time. <laughs> yeah, on the go. That's, God, is there a worse way? I mean, there are worse ways to lose a game. Like, say, I don't know, the total flipping on an untimed down <laughs> when the team's down 20 goddamn points. That's what you get for betting on the NFL, Eddie. <laughs> You know what? That's fair. I I deserve that. Uh, I hate the hook here, but I don't think Mississippi State's any good. I do think Alabama's very good, and at some point they're going to have to go back to just stomping somebody out. This seems as good a week as any. I'll take the time. And speaking of teams that I don't understand how they're ranked, here's one. I'm sitting here like looking at their their wins. What the, what the hell? It's just, no, I don't see it. I don't get it. Yes, look, I am going to be rooting so hard for Mississippi State to cling the hell out of this one and pull the unthinkable off because that will create so much chaos and create such a nice, pretty path for Notre Dame to just stroll through if they went out to the playoff. That ain't going to happen. Roll, roll tide all the way in this one. Please, please prove me wrong, Mississippi State. I'm begging you. All right. Now we have the second of three top 10 matchups of this weekend. We're going to head over to the Big 12 in the 8 p.m. primetime slot. Gus Gasm Alert, TCU, taking on Oklahoma. Oklahoma at home, favored by seven and a half points. And this is another one I went back and forth on. I made good cases for, for both of these teams being able to cover their respective spread. But in the end, one team's got Baker Mayfield, despite the fact that they have a terrible defense on their end, Oklahoma does. And I just do not see TCU in the end being able to keep up. And this comes down to I trust Baker Mayfield more. So go ahead and give me Oklahoma, and I'll lay that seven and a half. Eddie, who do you have? I've got Iowa State in the triple threat match here, covering <laughs> against both teams. Uh, is that... Is everything's not wrestling? Is that not how that works? <laughs> I tell you what, it makes as much sense as anything else the Big 12 fucking does. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, again, God, this hook is brutal. But I'm with you. Uh, as I said, alluded to earlier, Baker Mayfield is just playing lights out right now. That performance he had last week against Oklahoma State was... I mean, good Lord, what a freaking game that was. I don't think TCU can keep up with Oklahoma is really all it comes down to. And I don't think they can do enough, get enough stops to keep up. So I'm going to take the Sooners here because I might as well take one home team this week. <laughs> so, yeah, Boomer Sooner, let's go. Hey, that ends well, Eddie. Trust me. And this is coming from somebody that's pretty heavy on the away teams. And speaking of, we got one more top 10 game to pick. And that features your number three, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, taking on number seven, Miami, on the road. And Notre Dame, a three and a half point. Talk about bullshit hooks again, Eddie. <laughs> road favorite. I hate this here. site. I hate this goddamn site <laughs> so much. It's terrible. It makes things so much. It, it makes it more entertaining, more so than anything, because of how angry. You know it's coming. You know the hook's going to be bullshit every single time. 
<laughs> so makes you so mad. Because <laughs> it, it's never the good way. It's always a gratuitous hook over the number that pushes it past a key number. It's oh, it's a travesty. Uh, anyway, Eddie, the floor is yours, sir. Who do you have in this one? Um, this scares me, Ryan. I'm not going to lie. Every single pundit I have seen this week has picked Notre Dame. I have not seen a single person pick Miami. Josh Adams last week banged up. Brandon Wimbush last week banged up. Every receiver or tight end that is not from the country of Canada dropping picture-perfect balls. Miami playing on a field that apparently was also used for plowing in the goddamn 1800s, and they haven't fixed the fucking surface yet. And then you've got the Canes, who, that, that's an opportunistic defense, incredibly talented, just like we were talking about with Michigan State and Stanford, and like we said last week, they'll drag you down into a rock fight. And you've got all these Miami fans who are deservedly so talking about the disrespect of Miami not being in the top four, not being in this prestigious group of four. But here's the thing, Miami fans. You're already in one of the most prestigious groups of four of all time. You know what that is, Ryan? Please enlighten me, Eddie. You lost to the 2016 Notre Dame <laughs> football team, motherfuckers. Get the hell out of here. Hey, Brandon Wimbush, is, oh, he figured wait, out how to it's throw. It's you because you just got burned. He had, I don't know, 300 yards worth of, of passes dropped last week. He's looking great. It was rainy. It was ugly. It was cold. Sure, the defense gave up a backdoor cover. You know why? It's because they were up by like a billion and they were cold and tired and didn't care. All right, let Wake score a few points. They're saving up their ammo. This team is too, too good. And man, Miami likes giving up ground. They like giving up those rush yards. You know who's back this week at 100%? Josh 33 trucking, baby. Irish, 31. Miami? No, I take that back. 35-17 Irish. Let's Ooh, go. doubling them up. I like it. I like it. Getting saucy here. You were, you went from, you started scared and then just dropped a bomb. I love it. And and also, that that group of four is, an all, I think, an all-time line on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not oh. gonna lie. I've been waiting on that one. Oh I've been saving my God. that one up. That that is that is good. That is absolutely brilliant. All right. Well, who? All Come right. Come with me. Come with me, Ryan. Oh, you're damn right. I'm coming with you in this one. I'm taking the Irish in this one because, you know, I agree. It's 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 our natural instinct as Notre Dame fans waiting for the other shoe to drop. But there's also a large part of me that that is starting to get into that we're just playing with house money at this point and most of it has to do with coming off of 408 of uh, four and eight last season but man i tell you what this matchup again it's 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 just like when we were coming into sc it's like wow this sets up so well for the irish we've watched them get gashed we watched miami get gashed yeah they can get behind you and get good tackles for loss so did wake forest that didn't help them one fucking bit last week sure they got some junk points they were able to cover maybe that's pushing this line down a little bit but man i I just i just do not see a situation the only situation where i see things go horribly wrong and and it's like i mentioned with shane 
either some god-awful, god-forsaken injury luck happens, and I will knock on wood once again to avoid that, or Notre Dame finally gets sloppy with the football. That turnover chain comes out way too often. The crowd just goes bananas, and then Miami kind of figures out how to actually play with the home crowd cheering for them and just kind of uses that as, as some juice to keep going and put Notre Dame away. But Notre Dame does a damn good job taking care of the ball, and if there is one thing they learned after Georgia, it was to not fuck around in the big matchups, not to get overly cute with things, play it safe, do what you can do best, just like they did against NC State. You got the six-best rush defense? Fine, we're going to go right at you anyway. Miami, same thing. Lots of speed, got a good defensive line. Don't care, going to go right at you anyway. And you're not that good. You're not. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm bullish on this. I really hope this doesn't bite me square in the ass later, but I'm with you, Eddie. I'm taking Notre Dame free on this one. I'm loving this line. Hey, there's there's one thing that we haven't considered. <laughs> what if, is that? <laughs> if Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the game day picker <laughs> oh, and somehow still has eligibility and shows up on the field and then he hits Josh Adams with a rock bottom, okay, <laughs> then we might be in trouble. Oh, you, you know what? I, I hope The Rock is the guest picker, and he, The Rock knows how to get reactions from the crowd. If he decides to go full heel and, and go into business for himself and take Notre Dame, that would be beautiful. Now, we know if none of these things are actually going to happen, but, man, that would be beautiful. Or, like, they get fucking A-Rod up there, and it's just going to be the most boring vanilla pick segment ever. <laughs> I, I've been talking with a good Twitter buddy of mine who's a Miami guy, and both of us have been hoping for Pitbull because I feel like that would be just a phenomenal pick segment. Dolly, motherfucker. Dolly, let's go. But no, this, I mean, ooh, boy, you talk about a big game. This is, this is just crazy. I, But I feel like, you know, usually we do this last, but we've got the de facto ACC championship game we haven't talked about. We've got arguably the biggest revenge game of all time. Texas versus Baylor to talk about. I mean, where's where's the rest of the spread, my man? <laughs> well, FSU Clemson sounds like a great game um, in the winter, like last winter. <laughs> oh man, how, how times have changed! And now all of a sudden, we're looking at a top ten matchup between Notre Dame and Miami. Which, if you said you saw this coming. Yeah, no, because remember, Miami lost to a 4-8 and eight Notre Dame team. There's no way either of these teams, anybody expected this to happen. <laughs> and then Florida State doing whatever. Oh, this is great. I, like I said with Shane, this is the most excited I've been for a game since I was last in South Beach and Notre Dame played Alabama. So, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. But talk about look, Eddie, don't bring you got to face, right face your demons. You got to look them square in the eye, say, fuck you and run them over. 33 trucking baby all day long so i'm looking forward to it and, and really eddie we didn't differ that much at all in these picks just just a couple differences so so we ride and die together we, we are on this 33 trucking right now so eddie i'm hopping in the cab with you send us out sir october 29th 2016 30 27 four and eight notre dame beats miami get the fuck out of here canes Go Irish. Hell Gambler. And as always, I want to thank Eddie for coming on and doing the picks. And Shane, uh, I don't know about you, but everything's been so crazy and busy. The 
the updates for me is just well life is going on and you've heard yes. what life has been <laughs> yes yeah that is the exact same thing i was thinking life is just happening and i can't stop it and i don't know what to do everything's on fire <laughs> well, well thankfully it's calmed down enough to get you yeah. back on the show because uh sorely missed and and honestly i feel better about our chances just with you being on the show i, I i'm well, not gonna lie you know I, I gotta, I gotta bring the the Miami energy that cancels out their team. So here we are. <laughs> well, we can't say one thing though is that originally you were going to be at this game. However, yeah. that's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> nope. Stop reminding me. <laughs> Bachelor parties, they're they're awesome. I I can't wait. So good. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> at least you're going to be close to the game, like in the same state. Yeah, I mean, I'll be in, I'll be in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, folks, he's not going to be uh, close to me. He's he's going to be in a completely different city. But sorry, Shane, just just had to rub that in there a little bit. But if you're uh, wondering why Shane is not obscenely drunk around South Beach, that that is why he is he is unfortunately not there. Uh, but hey, like I said, I, I got a birthday dinner with my grandma, so I, I'm just hoping I get back before halftime. That that's kind of what I'm looking at as far as this game goes. But either way, Shane, it's going to be a damn fun weekend. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, folks, that is going to do it for us. Thank you, as always, for listening. Of course, make sure you subscribe so you get these episodes as quickly as possible. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean, and, of course, you can find us at HerLittleSons.com. Join us at Discord, HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. Email the show, podcast at HerLittleSons.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDTex, Shane at Superman TD Jesus. Y'all, until next time, go Irish Beat Kings. Have a good one. <laughs>